1: Good morning, welcome. Are you feeling happy, joyous, and free today? I am, because you know what? I make a lot of mistakes every day. I can be a complete, utter mess. But when I put my head on the pillow, I do say to myself, I did not kill today. And that makes me feel really, really good. Today, we have some incredible guests with us from the SAVE movement. And the co-founder of the SAVE movement, Anita Krines, is joining us from Toronto. Amy Jean Davis, who runs Los Angeles Animal Save, the largest individual save in the world, is here. And we have the amazing Ellen Dent, who is with Animal Alliance Network, who runs the Wednesday Vigils. And we have an incredible, incredible, exciting, exciting development, and that is that the Los Angeles Times featured the SAVE Movement on the front page. So I want um, each and every one of you to just tell us the significance of this, um, please, starting with uh, Anita, as you are the co-founder of the SAVE Movement.
2: I think the LA Times coverage was some of the most profound coverage I've ever seen. First of all, it's a major paper. It's one of the world's top papers. And in the US, along with uh, the New York Times, Washington Post, it's, 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 a, it's a leading paper, and even globally, it's a leading paper. Uh, I think you know the fact that it was on the front page, the fact that it had incredible writing by Gustavo Ornello who is a famous journalist who used to write a column called Ask a Mexican. Uh, he's a very principled, very thoughtful uh, writer. When I was reading that article, it was like I was reading from the Grapes of Wrath. I mean, it was that kind of thoughtful, truthful, clear writing that captured the community organizing and that captured the plight of the pigs and, and just the gravity of the situation. And, and, and then the photos were... Pig centric and uh, uh, just really really moving. They were very truthful and there, there was an attached video as well. I thought the video was good, but I thought the writing and the photos were better. The video was sort of a little more human centric. I think if it uh, the video could have went viral if it was you know focused more on like the pigs you know dying of dying of thirst. But all in all, it's some of the best coverage I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the headlines alone and the title of the articles were profound. So on the online version, it said, uh, you know, strangers giving water to pigs. And that's quite biblical. It's in in the sense that uh, the idea of when I was thirsty, you gave me water. That saying is about strangers helping strangers, and so this author was a, this journalist was able to capture that. And then recently there was letters to the editor, and again the title was, you know, if you're you're eating meat, you need to come to these vigils. So I, I've 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 rarely seen such great coverage in the history of the safe movement, and the, the safe movement is now. Uh, Eight eight years old. I mean, it started in late two thousand and ten. You know, doing regular vigils, and so it's been one of the best coverage we've ever seen. So I hope it's the start of something big in the U.S. and worldwide. Amy, um, yeah, I uh, I could I you know echo what Anita uh,
3: just said. Um, what she what she said about strangers giving water and it being biblical. I'm I'm just hoping that there are people out there that read the article that that resonated for them. Cause I'm, I'm worried that, uh, a lot of people have just, uh, uh, they've, um, come away from, from the overall, uh, the greatness of being a society and being connected and having greater values, uh, wherever they might come from. Um, and so I'm hoping that people will see it and come and, and make that connection. But, um, I, I'm still kind of in awe and in shock <laughs> that we made the cover story thank you Wayne Johnson for reaching out to that reporter and getting him to come to the vigils he came to uh, a Sunday night vigil and they came to a Wednesday night vigil to get the complete story which we're just uh, so grateful
1: well it's absolutely extraordinary tell us if you would to um, Anita where you stand now I know you've branched out into several other save movements so, yes, the safe movement now has 640
2: animal safe chapters in more than 60 countries. Uh, but recently, we opened two new branches. We opened climate safe movement and the health safe movement branches. And so we, we just want to call the different aspects of why one needs to be vegan now and also one, why one needs to be an activist and organizer. Uh, tell All us about has, uh, up those uh,
1: those branches as well. Yeah, tell us about the climate-safe movement. I'm very interested in that.
2: Um, Well, the climate-safe movement is to uh, put 12 years left, according to uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change Scientists, in terms of how long we have to make drastic changes in order to avert catastrophic climate change. And so uh, the climate-safe movement is uh, working on... Global campaigns such as Save the Amazon Rainforest, and it's also joining uh, Greta's group, Greta Thunberg, who started Fridays for Future school strikes on March 15. So there's going to be mobilizations in almost a thousand cities in in 80 countries, and so Climate Safe chapters will be joining uh, the youth strikes on Friday, March 15, and we're also working with Extinction Rebellion. And both Greta's group and Extinction Rebellion started only six to eight months ago, yet they are bigger than all the animal rights groups put together. And I think we have a lot to learn from them. And I was talking to Roger Hallam. He's the founder of Extinction Rebellion, uh, and he's vegan. And uh, he said, what we do at our vigils at slaughterhouses and factory farms is very important, but it's about movement building. Uh, it's about you know people coming to the vigils, looking the animals in the eyes, and that will make them go vegan and also make them become activists and organizers. And that builds the movement. But he said, what we also need to do is disrupt society on a massive level. And that's what the Extinction Rebellion does. So as soon as they started, they had 6,000 people close down five bridges in London. Everybody in London and the country knew what they were about and why they were doing it. So they have a mass action planned for April 15, and they want to close down London for five to six days around the Parliament building. And their goal is to get tens of thousands and 100,000 people on the streets. I share their goal. I was always frustrated, you know, like seven, eight years of, you know, safe organizing. Uh, it's been beautiful. It's been wonderful. And, you know, but at the same time, you know, I feel frustration because I want it. I want to see what we're seeing. I want mass consciousness affected. You know, the only line that's one way of mass consciousness. We, but I, like, Anita,
1: we I, also I, need to think in terms of disrupting society as a whole. Yes, and I want to uh, show once again, here it is, the Los Angeles Times featuring the SAVE movement on the cover, There is a Pig, Uh, going to slaughter. Sadly, that poor being, that innocent being is now dead. None of these animals come out alive. It was an amazing article. Uh, There is the headline, uh, and it reads, In the Year of the Pig, Offering Some Comfort to the Doomed. Now we've got a caller coming in, but let's go to Ellen Dent of Animal Alliance Network. You were there the night that this amazing reporter Gustavo Ariano um, came with his camera and documented your vigil. All the work you do, Amy Jean Davis, Anita and you and all the hundreds of people, Uh, Indeed, thousands who were part of 600 vigils around the world sort of crystallized in that one moment when finally the mainstream media blackout wall fell and we got these animals and these activists got the coverage they deserve. What did it feel like?
4: Um, amazing I honestly I'm in shock with Amy as well I was not expecting us to get even in the print in the paper but much less um, you know the front page of this paper of the LA Times so we definitely broke through we broke through completely and um, it was so brave of Gustavo Ariano, the the writer and for Rob uh, Gauthier who is the photographer to come out and uh, to document this and share it with everybody and uh, you know, I think so many people saw this paper, and it really makes them think. It thinks about, makes them think about their life choices, makes them think about um, what's happening to these animals down there. I mean, we had an incredible turnout last night. It was absolutely incredible. We had uh, so many new people come out. Uh, you know, people people came, they came, and they saw, and hopefully they'll tell everybody. They'll tell everybody what's happening to these animals. Hopefully they'll share on their social media because social media is so powerful. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can keep doing this. Hopefully we can keep the momentum up. Uh, we'll have – we invite any press, any papers, anybody to come down to a vigil and uh, share this story as well. Uh, we invite – any, any social media accounts, anybody, everybody. We want everybody to come down there. We want everybody to see. This is a absolutely life-changing experience. And uh, once people know the truth, it's uh, you know not something that you can unsee
1: or uh, walk away from. And if you see me looking down, it's because I'm sharing this video. To Ellen's point, the more people we can wake up uh, to the horrors of animal agriculture, modern industrialized agriculture, the the more likely we are to save the planet and it's a race against time we are racing extinction let's go to the phones josh goldstein uh, i know you were at the vigil for jane unchained uh last night uh what's your question and what are your comments and feelings
5: oh well hi thanks for having me on um i guess uh what's next how do we have we get even more coverage how do we get tv coverage
1: Excellent question, Josh. Let me go to Amy Jean Davis. Um, This was a breakthrough, but what is next? Uh, So what is
3: next is thanks to the Save Movement, um, we are going to be uh, working with a PR firm to continue to get this conversation in mainstream media, whether that's on TV, in more newspaper articles, or radio interviews, podcasts. Uh, We're going to hit it as hard as we can. And try to keep the keep the door open so that more and more people walk through, and and we change that that blackout that the the media says. Okay, we ran this cover story. We were very brave to do so, and the the feedback has been really positive. And so you know we're hoping that that's that's what these different outlets, TV shows, you know, talk shows, um, and radio shows see that this will actually get. An audience to tune in because this conversation, this 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 uh, topic of animal agriculture—what's happening to the animals? What's happening to the planet? What's happening to the people, like the workers and the people that live in the neighborhoods near these factory farms? um, This is an important topic. People are going to tune in, and they're going to be, you know, and that's—we're hoping that that's what the the media outlets will care about—that their—that their audience is is there, and people aren't going. Oh, I'm just going to turn this off. I don't want to listen to people talk. So that's what we're hoping is gonna gonna happen in the next couple of months, working with this PR firm.
1: So, Ellen, you were saying you noticed an increase in the number and the different kinds of people who were showing up. I mean, so many people, and I think you know the the people who go every Sunday and every Wednesday are my heroes, and that includes all of you. Uh, it takes me about a week to recover from going to a vigil. I you know, have to restore my faith in humanity because when I see those pigs and I make eye contact with those pigs and then I think of people who I know who eat them and who are disconnected, it crushes me. And all I think about is why don't they get it, why? And I have to, I have to really change that to, you know, they're not vegan yet and we are making the change. But you noticed maybe a, a slightly different crowd as a result of this article. It brought people in who are not the the, main, the courageous activists who normally bear witness. It was them plus another group. Can you tell us about that, Ellen? Um, you know, there was a lot of
4: new faces last night. Uh, we definitely had at least about 10 to 15 new people come. So um, it, it was just great. We had the regular people that come week after week and have made this happen because it's, it's not about the organizers. It's about this whole community coming together. Like Amy and I didn't do this by ourselves, you know, or Anita. It wasn't by ourselves. This is a group collaborative effort to make this happen. And I like to kind of go back a little because uh, this was aired on Spectrum One News on TV, so uh, there was uh, an interview with Bobby Sud on Spectrum One News, so uh, we did get a little bit of airtime on TV and we'll take every little bit,
1: we'll take an inch, we'll take a mile, we'll take whatever they'll give us. You know I was at a uh, an event yesterday and it was in a hotel lobby and there were TV screens up and it was so horrifying to see the number because it was just like the four big channels the number of animal consumption commercials. Literally, I got the absolute, I already knew this intellectually, but it really hit me that Americans are being conditioned 24-7. There were four big screens, and it was ribs and chicken and, uh, you know, burgers and ribs and chickens and burgers. And then one commercial came up for Carl's Jr., for the vegan burger that they're now pushing and it's a very clever commercial with like a cowboy doing yoga and saying hey you know when the winds of change come along you better take it and showing the veggie burger and it, it really lifted my heart because it was so crushing to sit there and watch these commercials while everybody's just talking and eating and um eating animals and that you could see the entire social um, sort of vicious cycle. People are being conditioned, they're eating it, then they're getting the diseases, the animals are dying. And as Dr. Selesh Rao says, we have a profit center, a culture based on uh, death, uh, de- suffering, uh, death, disease, and um, destruction. Death for the animals, disease for humans, and destruction for the planet. And those are our profit centers right now. And we have to switch those profit centers. So, um, Anita, Where do you see – I know the SAFE movement has grown exponentially. Uh, Where do you see this happening? How fast do you see it happening? The Economist has said 2019 is the year of the vegan. If you can answer that, and then we'll take a short break. I think what we're going to do is, like, the next stage
2: is, like, work with uh, media companies like uh, Amy and Ellen are doing and yourself – and we're also gonna think in terms of disrupting society at large. So joining Extinction Rebellion and, you know, when you inconvenience people for hours, you know, uh, and disrupt society, they will pay attention. Cause I know Jane, you're frustrated. You're saying, why doesn't everybody else see that? Well, we need to disrupt society and then for them to pay attention.
1: Yes, absolutely. Now we're gonna take a short break on Voice America, but not on Facebook. We are still live on Facebook. We're so excited to have with us today Ellen Dent, Animal Alliance Network, Amy G. Davis, Los Angeles Animal Safe, and the co founder of the Save Movement, Anita Kreins from Toronto. Whoa, thank God for technology, right? Okay, we're going to take a short break on Voice America Radio. We'll be back, uh, but stay right there because we're still live on Facebook. <music>
5: sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
1: There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's Not Just Talk Radio, hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero, inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
5: devin will fast track your goals to yummy reality tune in every wednesday at 9 a.m pacific time and 12 noon eastern time on the voice america influencers channel
1: we don't follow we lead. join us the voice
0: america influencers channel are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to one 472 5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to Jane Unchained News at gmail.com. Now back to the show.
1: All right, and we have two other special guests, Little Rico, who is our rescue from Puerto Rico, and Monster. Monster! Monster. (laughs)
3: Monster.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it raises the issue, Americans love their dogs, and many Americans and many people around the world consider themselves animal lovers, and yet, as a society, we are killing more animals at a frenzied pace than has ever been killed in the history of humankind. More animals are killed in four to twelve hours than all the human beings who have died in all the wars in the entire history of humankind. Something very wrong with that. Um, We were talking about, I think, something very, very important. And that is connecting the dots of disparate movements into a greater whole. You've got the um, racing extinction uh, movement, the anti-extinction movement. You've got the student climate change sit-downs that are taking off in Europe, led by the 16-year-old girl, Greta Thunberg. Uh, You've got the save movement. You've got the climate save movement. And the Green New Deal is also starting to address animal agriculture. So how do you see it all coming back? Um, Amy Jean Davis, how do you see it coming together?
3: Well, I think it's really important to note that there's a lot of different styles of activism. And there's a lot of different facets to this problem of animal agriculture and all, and all the problems that it causes. So I think it's important that everybody does a, their different style of activism, hits it from every side, and then we all come together uh, to make, like, uh, collaborated efforts together. Uh, and if we could do that on a global level, uh, that would be incredible. Um, but, but we all need to focus on our strengths and work together Uh, But, but don't worry about whatever it is, your kind of activism, you do that type of activism because it's going to speak to someone. Um, But we need to, everybody just get busy and do your part. And then we have to, we have to collaborate and coordinate and figure out how to have global actions all together.
1: I agree a hundred percent. So let me, let me say this. I think we've stumbled upon something because, you know, honestly, the law of unintended consequences, I think is super, super important. And you've got this climate change movement happening in Europe. you've got the save movement, you've got the Green New Deal, which is, you know, um, a part of the whole sort of greater spectrum. If we could connect the dots and then throw in, for example, the union workers who have been decimated, you know I'll tell you, I'm a member of SAG after since 1973. Thank God. All right. I know. I appreciate a union. The union's there for me. I have a safety net because of the union. And yet we have decimated unions. And look at what's happening to people who work in these industries. The PTSD of having to kill every day, not just things like carpal tunnel syndrome, but drug addiction, domestic violence. If we could somehow connect the unions as well, so that you have giant climate, you have unions, you have animal rights activists, and then it becomes this greater whole. That's when I think the MSNBCs of the world are gonna have to acknowledge that you can't talk about how much you love sticking turkey in your oven and then attack, um, for example, uh, the Trump administration for pulling out of the Paris Climate Change Accords. That's hypocrisy. So uh, we've got another caller, Lisa Carlin from Westlake Village. What do you have to say, Lisa? Okay. Hi, Lisa. Go ahead. Hey, hey, everybody. Um, I just wanted to comment that uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was protesting outside Nancy Pelosi's office, and she was holding a climate change sign. So that just seems incredibly powerful. Yeah, I think that what – and I'll bring this to Anita – The most important thing, it's like a caboose, a train. Here's the train of climate change. Here's the train of workers' rights. Here's the chain of animal rights. If we could somehow attack this powerful climate change, a caboose to the animal agriculture piece, it would take us to a whole new dimension and we're getting close with the activism that's sweeping across Europe and the people who are leading it are vegan. That's right. That. Um, Greta, 16-year-old Greta, is vegan.
2: She also uh, is, does not fly airplanes. Too. She's very principled. Um, so she started a movement where she, just six months, six, eight months ago, she refused to go to school on Friday and protested in front of the legislative building in Sweden. And she was alone, but then the next week, people joined her, and now it's a worldwide movement with almost a 1,000 cities participating in the Friday, uh, March 15th uh, strike. It's called hashtag global strike uh, this week. Um, And uh, Roger uh, Hallam, he was a horticulturalist. He noticed that climate change was affecting the growth of the vegetables. Uh, He's an academic at King's College, and he started Extinction Rebellion. And he said that the main components of Extinction Rebellion are the people that are concerned about climate change or environment, the people concerned about extinction, as you said, you know, the racing extinction component, and then the vegans. And what I want to do is distinguish our strategies in the SAVE movement, which are holding vigils at slaughterhouses. So it's because that action is a movement-building action. It's not about disrupting society as a whole. So I want to be very clear about strategies and tactics. It's a very important strategy for movement building. So, you know, recruiting new activists and new vegans. But in the civil rights movement, in Gandhi's movement, in the anti-war movement of the sixties, where you had a hundred thousand people participating, what you need to do is disrupt society as a whole. So that's a different tactic. So he said, uh, extinction Rebellion does not hold protests at coal power plants because it only affects a few people there. What he does is they hold events in London and disrupt traffic for hours or days. You know, their plan for April 15th is to disrupt London for five days. And they entered the public consciousness immediately. They're only six, six to eight months old. They're very new.
1: Uh, they started in October. In fact, they are you know just over six months old. Are they going to bring animal agriculture into the equation so that these these so-called progressives who are covering these issues will also have to address that. Exactly. He was on a call with DXC uh, and SAVE this
2: week, and and he's going to be on a call in two weeks, and he wants to talk to decision makers, and he wants to influence the U.S., because Extinction Rebellion is very strong in various parts of Europe. It's not strong in the U.S. yet. So he, he wants, he's reaching out to say to DXC, to see how we can form a coalition, because as as he said, there are these three components: the climate, the extinction, and the vegans, a- animal activists. So we are a key component of this movement, and uh, and he also is he has a history of working with labor unions. And I absolutely agree with you. This coalition needs to include all these groups. Absolutely. Well, if Go I ahead, can Amy.
3: say something about the union aspect, I think it's a fantastic. Um, thought. Unfortunately, most of these companies utilize undocumented workers. They, they're not going to be able to join a union. And I, um, I tagged Connie Spence because she's an activist who's doing uh, the Vegan Justice League, and she's trying to get everybody to focus on the legislators and find which ones are paid off by Big Ag and Big Pharma because it's these companies that are are responsible for hiring these undocumented workers. She has a number uh, straight from the USDA. It's somewhere around 78% of the workforce there are undocumented. And they they cycle through them in order to not get caught. Well, how do we unionize a workforce that's 78% undocumented? It's it's a form of uh, incredible uh, human oppression that is fundamental to the success of Animal Act. So we need to bring that down somehow.
1: Uh, that's a really good point, and it's a, a tremendous challenge. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the media, because this the, we're so excited about this front page article, and I'll show it again for those just joining, front page of the Los Angeles Times. There you see a pig who, sadly, that poor innocent animal is now dead, along with all the other thousands of pigs that go to that slaughterhouse every day. And there is the headline, in the year of the pig, some comfort for the doomed. This was a breakthrough. But, you know, you and I have discussed, Anita, and maybe you would like to weigh in on this, how, because you've said, well, we do get coverage. Yes, you get a lot of coverage in Canada. Canada's a little different, though, I think, Anita, in the sense that I don't think it's so, the media, for whatever reason, I don't know whether it's more like the BBC in England, is doesn't seem to be as dominated and controlled by the advertisers the way, um, especially local and uh, national media here are 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 dominated by the advertisers. No, the uh, used to be that uh, you couldn't the advertising department and the news department would never meet. Uh, and if, if somebody from the advertising department came up to a reporter and said something, that was a scandal. But those days are over. And now you see these companies which are under increasing pressure because the young people are going to social media and they're not reading the papers and they're not watching mainstream TV. They are They are more desperate than ever to keep the advertisers they have. Do you see um, a way around that, aside from social media? Uh, and, and let me ask you about that, because you're out there all the time, and you see, weren't there times when there were reporters who came covered the visual and didn't put it on the air? Yeah, I, I believe
4: Amy was interviewed by Channel 7. Correct, Amy? Um, yeah, you- uh, I, Channel 4.
3: Channel yeah. 4, four yeah. And, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I even had Joaquin Rooney, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara with me, they were they were next to me for this interview and nothing, n- not a peep.
1: And not only that, but when the Hurricane Florence crisis happened and these poor animals, hundreds of thousands, millions, over a couple of million at least, maybe three million drowned in these concentrated animal feeding operations and a whole group of people, and you were involved in this, Anita, uh, quickly mobilized We held a news conference on the steps right there, very convenient for the media. The media came. I will say, thank God Jane Unchained was live because we documented it. The media came. They videotaped it. They never put it on. And it was environmental groups and animal rights groups saying, enough with these CAFOs. We don't want any more CAFOs until we can figure out what's happening with the climate because these 500 and 100-year storms are happening every couple of years now. And there are the cameras rolling. They never put it on. So this this really shows why this is such a huge breakthrough. And we applaud the LA Times. But are there strategies for um, encouraging, how do we take this and make it a trend, not an aberration? Let me ask you that.
4: Uh, We keep talking. We keep inviting them to come, uh, you know, and we can just hope. We can hope they'll air it. We can hope that, you know, they'll put it in print. They'll put it in a story. They'll put it on a website. Um, so we can reach out to them. Uh, we can do media press releases. Um, Amy was saying you're working with a press firm, which is amazing. Uh, we got to invite every personality we can get out there um, with a large following. Uh, we we need to make this mainstream. It's time. It's time for people to see the truth on a wider scale. So um, at a certain point, they will not be able to ignore this. If we keep uh, if we keep exposing people to it, they will not be able to ignore it, and this will be the topic story until we can make this stop
3: and and yeah speaking of personalities or people coming to the vigils uh i want to shout out to moby for being at the vigil last night and he's already posted on his social media he took his own photos as a photographer and he was there for the pigs so we we're, we're grateful to him for being there he understands it he talks about it he's got a vegan restaurant that donates all the profits to animal rights and so he's a he's a stellar example of a celebrity who uses his status and his power and his influence to help the animals and help
1: the movement. Moby is extraordinary. He is always there, always giving, and putting himself out there on the line. Um, you know, I wish Moby would run for president. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, you know, uh, it, it's so interesting when we're we're talking about all these trends, and I had a thought that I just lost. Uh, But um, media, Uh, oh, this was my thought. Okay, every social justice movement, and you're a student of history, Anita, so you might be able to uh, elaborate on this, has experienced the same thing. I was reading how um, long before women got the right to vote, uh, nine women approximately went and surreptitiously voted, voted illegally. And the New York Times, in calling itself out, wrote an article about this, when that happened, barely discussed it and denigrated the woman and called them something like little ladies and basically ridiculed them. Um, Additionally, when I uh, went to the Civil Rights Museum um, and uh, I saw how why the African-American churches were so powerful and political, it's because the mainstream media, the newspapers of the day, refused to cover what was happening in the African-American communities. So the African-American churches essentially became a hub for community organizing and politics and almost like their own news operation, very similar to what's happening today with social media. So is it just par for the course, Anita? Um, Well, I
2: I think that what... Ellen and Amy said is absolutely true. We need to use this opportunity of the front page of the LA Times and have a concerted campaign to continue that coverage. So have a domino effect. But secondly, a strategy is to have mass disruption of society and do something like Extinction Rebellion is doing. And we are about to join
1: forces. So I think doing those two things will go a long way. I love the fact that you're going to join forces. And Anita, I know that you have... um, A lot of experience in your field, you're a PhD, and your field, amongst many other things, like Tolstoy, is community organizing. Fantastic. Because I can't make toast and coffee at the same time. So I'm not the community organizer, but I think it's fabulous that you are. Uh, We're going to take another quick break, and we're going to stay live on Facebook And when we come back, uh, I think, you know, let's let the conversation take it where it will, but it's probably the most important conversation happening on this planet right now, because we are going to hit a crazy, crazy, crazy cataclysmic wall with climate change in a decade, if we don't get a handle on animal agriculture. It's literally the survival of the planet depends on it. So everybody watching, think about how you can help we're going to take a short break. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes, but we'll stay live on Facebook.
5: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Influencers Channel.
1: Financial freedom and money are subjects that many people are uncomfortable discussing
0: these don't have to be. Listen for Money, Mindset, and Love with Thomas DeShooter. We're all about sharing ideas with tips, amazing guests, and input from you, the listeners. It's time
1: to dream big and help each other reach our goals. Not only will you get closer to financial freedom, but you'll learn more about spirituality, work-life balance, and empowerment. Listen live Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers.
5: It will be the best hour of your week. We don't
1: follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America
0: Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to one 472 5795 That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to janeunchainnews at gmail.com. Now back to the show. All right. And of
1: course, we have our lovely mascots here. Is that species? No, they're not mascots. They're guests. Right, Rico? Rico's a guest. He says, no comment. Talk to my publicist. And Monster's a guest. All right, we're going to go to a caller John Wolf in North Carolina. Your question or thought, John?
5: Hi, my uh question or comment is uh with uh, we have 90 million dogs and about 86 million cats in the US and they eat mostly meat. And uh, there's about 10 times that in the world. So, uh Shouldn't we be discouraging pet ownership?
1: Excellent, provocative question. I'll just let each and every uh, member of this team answer. You want? Who wants to go first? I'm happy to take that one. Okay,
3: so uh, first of all, um, I would discourage pet ownership. Um, I don't like the word pet, uh, but... Uh, I would discourage uh, guardianship of animals if there weren't already so, so many animals that are already existing that need care. So what we need to do to combat that is enforce the spay and neuter laws and um, make sure that, that people aren't breeding more dogs and cats into existence. We already have way too many. And I don't know about you ladies, but I can only think of uh, a couple people that I even trust to take care of my animals. So what does that say about most of the people that we know uh, as far as their ability to take good care of these dogs and cats? So we need to uh, stop the breeding, absolutely stop the breeding completely and make sure that people are spaying and neutering. And so that eventually, you know, these animals won't, won't be in their position where they're vulnerable to us and whether or not they have a, a good caretaker is, you know, who knows. So, so we, we should be, uh, stopping the breeding, spaying and neutering, and also we need to have our dogs on um, a, a vegan diet. They're, they're omnivores, they thrive on a vegan diet, so that is one way we can massively decrease the amount of meat that that dogs are eating. And cats, the conversation is is there as well, uh, even with veterinarians that cats can be vegan. I'm looking forward to lab-grown meat being a product that we can actually feed our cats,
1: l- small yeah. or big. Uh, right now we're holding wild earth dog snacks made of koji and the dogs go crazy for this it has a very i guess meaty i haven't eaten one yet (laughs) but it's supposedly it has like a meaty texture but it's made with koji which they told me what it is but i've totally forgotten it's some kind of fungus but there's plenty of ways to feed these animals and i'd also like to see um a a birth control pill. I would like to see a birth control pill for animals in general. You know, we could put uh, people on the moon, we're sending people into outer space. Why can't we come up with a birth control pill for animals? It would solve so many problems. It would solve a lot of problems as factory farms transition to, from animal agriculture to plant-based agriculture and there's this whole question of, well, what do we do with all the animals? And uh, they can sometimes keep breeding depending on how they're kept. Well, one thing is if we had a birth control pill for animals, we could eliminate that. Uh, we could we could reduce that problem. It just seems crazy to me. And I, I have heard, you know, urban myth that there is something out there, but it's being kept from the public because somebody wants to patent it and make a ton of money, which, you know, I have no idea whether that's true or not, but that's sort of a conspiracy theory out there. But um, what what would you say, and there's a little monster to, um, uh, yes, yes. Um, You know, I just agree with Amy.
4: Uh, We should phase out uh, pet ownership, and uh, we should definitely be feeding our pets a vegan diet if they can thrive on that. Like cats, uh, they have different needs. So hopefully that lab-grown meat comes out soon. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm basically on the same page as Amy with us. Uh, And uh, Anita?
2: so even for cats, there there are vegan diets that are very successful. A lot of my friends have cats that thrive on a vegan diet. It's they just need like one key component called Turin, I think, or something, turing. Um And uh, I my cat was uh, on the uh, on a vegan diet as well. And uh, towards the end, when she got sick, I, I returned to sort of a, 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 an animal flesh diet for a while, which I felt really badly about. But she was a rescued cat. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there are, you know, our, our, our world is full of contradictions, but the point is that we need to do the best we can, and we can do a lot better than we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, and our dogs
3: are on V-Dog, by the way. We love V-Dog. They, they absolutely love it.
1: And I have a cat who eats a me, A-M-I, which is an Italian uh, food uh, for cats, and uh, uh, that's also very delicious, and she loves it. Um, now, let's get back, though, to... Because people, again, and the reason why not only do we have these these wonderful animals here because they're just great television, you know, great video, but also mm-hmm. because it reminds us that we love to say we're animal lovers and the very people who are walking their animals saying they're animal lovers are basically co-signing the torture and killing of many, many animals. And so I think that great to get all these groups together to fight climate change and include the animal agriculture component. That's a huge piece of the puzzle and amazing work, Anita, making that happen and bringing those groups together. But the other part of the puzzle, I think, is to um, help people break through that disconnect. And of course, there are incredible documentaries like Earthlings, uh, probably turn more people vegan than any other anything in the history of humankind, Uh, also conspiracy, uh, what the health. Um, But but this idea of having people, what I think of it is as a social pact. Culture has made a pact. We're not going to talk about that suffering. We're not going to talk about that pain. That pain doesn't count. And if we all agree to that, you know, Um, And this has happened in other oppressive societies in horrible times of incredible mass sociopathic behavior. I think we can all figure out what we're talking about, uh, whether it's Nazi Germany or slavery or the oppression of women that is still going on in this part of the in certain parts of the world today. But it's a social pact. We're not going to talk about it and and we have to break that social pact. So, uh, during the cold weather snap of the polar vortex, I, a neighbor was walking by and she said, I feel so sorry for all the people. And I said, just came out. I said, and imagine all those animals, those pigs and cows riding in open air trucks to their slaughter in, in open air trucks when the wind is 50 or even 100 below zero. And the reaction was fascinating. She just went like, looked at me like, like that, like and then walked off. It was like I had broken some kind of social pact. I had said something that, you know, the truth that dare not speak its name, right? Anybody want to reflect on that?
3: Yes, I, I would love to reflect on that. So um, I have this term that I don't know if it's a real word, it may not be, but I've, I've coined it, it's called culturized. So you're talking about a social pact that people are engaged in. However, they're not willingly engaging in this pact. They are being culturized by their culture. So they're raised in a culture and the the nature of culture is to not question culture. Culture uh, it essentially programs you to like this and not like that, to be for this and not for that. So you're, you're essentially programmed to believe certain things. And in America, we are culturized to believe that dogs and cats are companions, and pigs, chickens, and cows, and other animals are our food, which is not based in truth. It is something that people do because they're encouraged to not think about it. I'm going to tell you this is how we do it. Don't question it. And so when people talk, want to say that vegans are bringing along, bringing along our propaganda and that we're a cult and that we're trying to brainwash people or force people, they're, they're literally speaking to what they've already experienced in their life from their culture. And so if, you're, if you want to create change, and if you really want to call yourself an open-minded person, you have to be willing to question your culture. And when you do that, you're going to find all kinds of things that are, that are not based in truth. Because if we choose our food based in truth, we're going to look at our physiology. Humans, physiologically, are herbivores. We are nothing like an omnivore. And so when we look at it based in truth, we're going to go, well, let me base my food choices on my physiology. Let me base my food choices on how it affects sentient versus non-sentient beings, non-sentient being plants, sentient being all animals. Let me make my food choices based on how it affects the planet. Let me make my food choices based on how it affects other human beings, whether they live in my neighborhood or not. But culture doesn't let us do that.
1: And Janelle Butler said, so true, Amy. I am Mexican and Native American, was culturalized to believe that pig flesh should be part of a daily diet. You know, I think the biggest cult in the world is the cult of meat eating. It is the cult. And so, you know, whoever frames the debate wins the debate. They say that in politics. Um, You can see that, you know, in our in our political life where one person even with a horrible argument, if they get out in front and they frame the debate, everybody else is on the defensive. So, um, Anita, what do we do psychologically and culturally to, I, I see the change happening. I agree with The Economist that 2019 is gonna be the year veganism goes mainstream. And one of the most promising uh, hints is that now I've gone into numerous restaurants that are not vegan, they don't say anything about vegan, but guess what? 95% of their products are vegan. It's happened to me in like three juice bars already and uh, a couple of other places where, in other words, they don't even say it's vegan. It's like you don't say meat restaurants. So um, that, I think, the normalization of plant-based eating. But what, what's your thought, uh, Anita? So
2: yeah, so I think uh, there's a mainstream publication that said it's the Year of the Vegan. Was that the Economist? The Economist. Okay, so they are right. Uh, it's the year of the vegan activist, and as Alan uh, Amy Jane, you all have done in terms of the LA Times coverage. I mean, the LA vigils are about vegan activism. They're not just about going vegan. They're about vegan activism. It's the year of the vegan rebellion. Uh, that that is how we are joining the climate. T- save, uh, groups, um, you know, we're joining extinction rebellion. And so we, you know, we, it is a year of a rebellion where we are, the citizens are asking for, uh, governments and the media to tell the truth. And we believe that the, 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 uh, the, the population at large should oversee these changes that need to happen to stop catastrophic climate change. And it's the year of vegan protein. Um, you see all these companies uh, emerging, you know, that are concerned about health. And and even slaughterhouses are buying vegan protein products such as uh, Maple
1: Leaf and Tyson.
2: So it definitely well, is the vegan.
1: Well, we have to wrap it up there. I want to thank you. You are all my heroes. And everybody is saying that on uh, social media. Just write on. Keep going. And to all those people who are saying that, I say join. Join and get involved because... This is a race against time, um, and thank thank all of you for doing everything you do. And let's give a shout out to Gustavo Ariano for an amazing article. Wow, journalism the way it should be, brilliantly written, fair, and um, just the, I think the start of a, a breakthrough in mainstream media coverage of the animal rights movement and the vigil movement in the United States. So thank you, Amy Jean. Woo! Thank, thank you, you, Anita. And thank you, Ellen. And thank you, Rico. Thank and you. thank you,
5: Monster.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bye.